The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. All right, what do we do next? Set up your profile. Name, Martha Rogers. Sex, female. Mm -hmm. Race. Colorblind. Why should I categorize myself? Shades of gray, darling. Age. Ageless. No better yet. Timeless. Oh, you don't want to put that. It makes you sound like you belong in a museum. Oh, you have a point. Ah, uh, I know. Type in old enough. Nice. Mm. What are you ladies doing? Alexis is assisting me in creating a MyFace account. I think you mean... Save your breath. I've been correcting her all morning. Well, it's my face, isn't it? It's not your face or someone else's face. I don't... Well, anyway... My fellow cast members have been raving about what fun it is, what a great networking tool it is, so here I am. Welcome everyone. It is Thursday, May 27th, 2021. I'm Bob Metz, and this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing, it's just right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. It would be delightful if indeed Facebook accounts actually were run by the individuals who opened those accounts. But increasingly, everyone's account is turning into a platform where Facebook itself is the main operator of the account especially if the account holder's opinion differs with the political views of Facebook. I've been living this reality for a year now, if not longer. There are so many things that you simply cannot say or express on your Facebook page that it boggles the mind. I mean, it's past the point of ridiculousness. I, for one, am totally fed up with the constant barrage of Facebook posts overriding my own, not only because of the very nature of such an act being offensive, but also because when Facebook does add its own so-called warnings and fact checks on my account, they are invariably expressing false information. And I don't want false information appearing on my account page. And you know, it's gotten to the point of such egregious falsehoods that Facebook itself has become a great barometer for confirming the validity of the opinions being censored on its platform. After all, remember the primary principle of censorship. Only the truth is ever censored. And that's a principle we've demonstrated time and time again on past broadcasts. And so, using Facebook's own censorship and fact checks as my guide, <laughs> let's take a look at what truths Facebook seems most concerned about of late, namely the emerging COVID vaccine horror story. And it looks like it's turning into one. A theme we find ourselves forced to confront once again, and we'll do so right after our reminder that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org. Hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave. Follow and like us on your favorite podcast platform and visit us at justrightmedia.org where you can access all of our social media links and our archived broadcasts. And as always, your financial support is appreciated and is what makes this show possible. Now, I've been growing increasingly concerned, if not outright seriously worried, about the continuing stories I'm hearing regarding many of my own friends, relatives, and close acquaintances who have opted to be jabbed by what they believe to be a COVID-19 vaccine. 
because as someone who is not planning to take this jab, the information emerging about those who do may well compromise how we will be able to continue our relationships in a way I would never have anticipated. And, you know, in many ways, I feel just like Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson. I've had a difficult weekend, and I'll tell you why. I had an important conversation with family this weekend and found out that, you know, people, again, in my family, it's not the first time I found out that a a family member fairly close um, has gotten the vaccine, but it was alarming to me because it was children. Um, It's a young person, and um, I love this person, and I thought, well, how have I failed? How am I doing this show every day, uh, putting out thousands of hours this year on information, and people in my own family are not aware? How has that happened? I feel like I failed. Honestly, that's what I'm dealing with. So it's not that I haven't tried to say some things, um, but maybe I haven't communicated it well enough. My own efforts in attempting to warn others about the very serious and life-changing risks being taken when they line up to get jabbed are pretty much drowned out by a never-ending state-funded chorus of propaganda and censorship that would outright refute my own conclusions and observations. And in this regard, Facebook is just one among the many voices in this chorus. For example, way back in January on the 17th when we posted the comments of Dr. Simone Gold on my own personal Facebook page, Facebook posted this, quote, false information found in your post. Independent fact checkers at Science Feedback say information in your post is partly false. To stop the spread of false news, we've added a notice to your post. Science Feedback Fact Check. No evidence that COVID-19 vaccines cause more severe disease, antibody-dependent enhancement, has not been observed in clinical trials. All fact-checkers who partner with Facebook must be signatories of the International Fact-Checking Network and follow their code of principles. Learn more about how Facebook works with independent fact-checkers to stop the spread of false information, end quote. Well... I don't know what clinical trials they're talking about where these things weren't observed, but my understanding was they didn't have any. They skipped the clinical trials. And what I want to know from Facebook is how they can possibly claim that their quote-unquote fact-checkers are independent when they quote-unquote partner with those fact-checkers. And we already know fact-checking is merely a form of propaganda and censorship, and that's its only purpose. And then I posted to my personal Facebook page The comments of former Pfizer chief scientist Michael Yeadon, who gave a final warning to humanity, and we'll be hearing that a little later, Facebook posted the following, quote, Some unapproved COVID-19 treatments may cause serious harm. Source World Health Organization, end quote. Well, (laughs) the first thing we have to be clear about is that unapproved does not mean unproven. Two different things. And by insinuation only, what Facebook is trying to say is that treatments like hydroxychloroquine, vitamin C, D, zinc, and all of those other proven treatments that work are not approved. And there's a clear reason for that. The approvers don't want these effective treatments to compete with their so-called vaccines, which are really gene therapies. And the only unapproved COVID-19 treatment that I know of is the so-called vaccines, not one of which has been approved by any accredited body. 
They have only been authorized, quote-unquote, under the political umbrella of a manufactured emergency, which itself does not exist, but which may exist soon if we keep jabbing people. But they're right about one thing. These unapproved treatments will cause serious harm. And when I tried to post a news war story called The Coming COVID Catastrophe, hosted by Dell Bigtree, I wasn't even allowed to make the post. Quote, your post couldn't be shared because this link goes against our community standards, end quote. I mean, no explanation, no fact check, no statement of correction of any kind. And we'll be hearing a sampling of all of these unapproved voices over the course of our show today if for no other reason than Facebook and all of the censors and propagandists don't want us to hear them. And when you hear what they have to say, you will understand why. Now, two weeks ago, when we posted our own broadcast of Just Right, number 706, the biologic of biowarfare overwhelming us with the evidence, Facebook, of course, had to add its own post to ours, and that stated that, quote, COVID-19 vaccines go through many tests for safety and effectiveness and are then monitored closely. Source, World Health Organization. And with only 15 words, Facebook managed to create a post that tells more lies than there are words. This utterly false statement is being continually posted to Just Right's Facebook page, to my own personal Facebook page, and I almost feel like I have to apologize for our inability to remove this propaganda from our pages. We do not appreciate having false information posted on our Facebook pages because we value our reputation and integrity for not publishing or displaying false information, save for the continual Facebook posts. It would be useful if Facebook itself could offer some statement indemnifying us from any legal consequences arising from these false Facebook statements appearing on our page. I am not responsible for them. Here's a fact. The vaccines are not vaccines. Here's a fact. Even as non-vaccines, they are not for COVID-19. Fact. They have not gone through any tests for safety and effectiveness. Fact. You cannot measure the effectiveness of a vaccine that has no way to measure such effectiveness. Fact, they are not monitored closely, at least for anything to do with the effectiveness against COVID-19. Fact, the World Health Organization is a communist propaganda machine. Fact, Facebook is a censorship and propaganda organization itself. Fact, as we devoted a complete previous broadcast to, Facebook fact checks are fake checks. And at the time, the fact we were checking was Dr. Vernon Coleman's assertion that the genetic modifiers were a bioweapon, something that Facebook's assertion claimed to be false, only to discover that they were unable to make this conclusion when we looked into it. And I have yet to see or find a single example anywhere on the planet of a single life saved, quote-unquote, or prevented from serious illness due to mask-wearing, social distancing, vaccines, and even the overt terrorism being employed by our politicians and governments. I haven't seen a single example. How can they prove such a thing? This is the beauty of their position. They don't have to prove a thing because there's nothing to prove. Give somebody a vaccine, they don't get sick, they can claim, see, the vaccine works. Don't give somebody a vaccine and they don't get sick, well, then they'll say something's wrong. And here's a fact. Facebook is terrified of facts. And here are some of those emerging facts. 
On this side of our bumper is Britain's David Icke, as heard on May 1st, while on the return side of the bumper we'll be hearing from Dr. Christiana Northrup in conversation with Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson on May 18th. One of the most profound situations, if not the most profound situation we face at the moment, is the catastrophic number of adverse reactions from these fake vaccines, these gene therapies, and the deaths. And uh, one figure I saw this week is that in the first quarter of 2021, reported deaths following vaccinations have uh, increased by 6,000% over the numbers reported in 2020. In this period when this these gene therapies called vaccines have been rolled out. There has been a massive increase in deaths reported to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, VAERS, this year. That's not a conspiracy theory, that's an indisputed fact. And the same is happening in Britain, and the same is happening everywhere else. Because these gene therapy alleged vaccines are diabolical in terms of infusing synthetic material and genetically manipulating material into the body. Uh, We're talking about a huge and unprecedented increase, so massive that in the last four months alone, VAS has received more than 40% of all death reports that it has ever received in its 30-plus year history. The increase in VAR's death reports is not due to more vaccination. It's due to these fake vaccinations, actually. Most recently, the death count went from 2,794 on April the 5th to 3,005 on April the 12th to 3,848 on April the 26, 1,054 deaths in 21 days. But, but, big but, the authorities accept in America and in Britain that only around maximum 10% of adverse reactions and uh, consequences of vaccines are actually reported. And there was a Stanford study that came up with a figure of only 1%. And when you hear from medical staff of the pressure on them not to report these fake vaccine consequences, then you're going to be closer to 1% than 10. And in Britain, adverse reactions reported to the yellow card system, our version of VARS here, is um, on April the 29th, the last figures I saw, was 754,000 adverse reactions and over 1,000 deaths. Now multiply that by 10. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. It's only 10% and not 1%. And you start to see the scale of the catastrophe. Because the mainstream media won't touch it with a barge pole. All age groups, not just seniors, had a dramatic increase in VAS death reports from these vaccines. Across the board, all age groups experienced a dramatic increase in deaths reported to VARS from these shots. It just shows that these people are absolutely 
lying to us when they say these fake vaccinations are safe. As a result, despite their best efforts and the best efforts of the fascists in um, Silicon Valley to suppress this, the information is getting out to more and more people. And so you're getting what is called vaccine hesitancy. In other words, people are intelligent enough to say, I'm not having this. And uh, at the same time that that is happening, the propaganda and the pressure and the demonization is going through the roof. Everywhere you look, it's get vaccinated, get vaccinated. And and the kids are going to get hit with that increasingly from here on in. Uh, Here's another story of this wonderful vaccine. Uh, This is the AstraZeneca version, which is so safe. So we were told that some countries have stopped it. And the lady who heads, at least officially, the so-called Drug Regulation Agency in Britain, the MHRA, who's told us all these things were safe, she must go to jail for the rest of her life. Because what that claim has done is to get large numbers of people to have the confidence to have these vaccinations like the AstraZeneca version and have taken life-changing or life-ending consequences as a result. Um, you heard me state that I have, um, I have family members that have, uh, they've taken the first Pfizer That made me feel that in spite of the fact that on this show, we put out interview after interview with great doctors. We've had some of the best here. And now we have you. I'm wondering if you could speak to the community as if they didn't know anything, as if as if they didn't understand fully, like it's a vaccine. Doctors are saying the the government is rolling it out. Why wouldn't we do this? I wonder if you could be you could literally lay it out at a very ground level, because I think we have to start at the beginning again. It has never been proved that this shot prevents transmission. It doesn't prevent death. It doesn't prevent you from getting COVID again. It doesn't do anything except we now have over 4,000 deaths in the Vaccine Adverse Events Registry for the first time, by the way, since 1986. People even know about the Vaccine Adverse Events Registry that only reports 1% to 10% of all injuries. It's not mandatory for doctors to report this. And so even a Harvard study showed that this database is highly inadequate. But since December to the end of April, we've had over 4,000 deaths from this shot. Now remember the swine flu, they stopped the H1N1 vaccine program after there were 54 deaths, 54 deaths. We've had over um, 4,000 deaths here, 10,000 deaths in Europe, and about 150,000 adverse events. And by that, I mean blindness, deafness, inability to walk. Perhaps people saw on Facebook those three women healthcare workers who got the shot to protect their populations and suddenly had these neurologic disorders so that they can't walk. And they're shaking like this. And they're told by their doctors, oh, that's a conversion reaction. No, it isn't. We know that the SARS spike protein, which is an artificial spike protein, is actually the smoking gun. That cross-reacts with 28 different human tissues. 
And that's what's injected. In each injection, there are about 50 billion spike proteins. And those are the things that have caused death from COVID. So why are we injecting these things into the body and then creating, making the body into a factory for an antibody to something that's artificial? And we haven't even gotten into why are magnets sticking to the injection site? Why, if you use an EMF meter, are people way off the chart on the electromagnetic field? What is going on here? And why are people suddenly dying of blood clots? We had, this just happened here in my state, an 18-year-old got the first dose, uh, went back to his lacrosse game, collapsed, went blind, and spent a week in the hospital. What you're asking really is, how is it that people can continue to go in? How is it that the FDA just authorized, did not approve, authorized the shot for 12 to 15 year olds? I'll tell you why. Because puberty starts between 12 and 15. I, I'm gonna give it to you straight people. Please. This is a population scheme. We know now that there is something in that spike protein that cross-reacts with what's called syncytin. And syncytin is a protein made from ancient viral DNA, by the way, that's absolutely essential for the placenta. And we now have case reports that though in, from fertility clinics that those who have gotten the shot, the sperm are no longer motile and the eggs can no longer form into an embryo. Now, do we have the kind of data we need? No, we do not. So my group, Millions Against Medical Mandates, MAM.org, has created what's called uh, it's a scientific uh, study and a survey, mycyclestory.com. Please go there. And if you are one of the thousands of women now having clotting, bleeding, pain like you're in labor, miscarriages, bleeding uh, when you're 90 years old, long after menopause, or we even have reports of 16-month-old baby girls having vaginal bleeding just from being around people who've had the shot. Do we know what's going on? No. But Facebook removed a Facebook group of 20,000 women reporting on their experience. My entire career is based on listening to women's stories and relating those stories to their history, to what they're eating, to what they're thinking, to what their relationships is like, are like. Didn't we have the Me Too movement? Aren't, we're, aren't we supposed to be listening to women? Oh, and by the way, men are showing up now with um, swollen scrotums, blood in the urine. My colleague, Dr. Lawrence Pilevsky, a wonderful pediatrician, has seen now baby boys with rashes over their scrotum and baby girls with rashes over their labia. Again, just from being around someone who had the shot. What is going on? And here's the thing. In the absence of knowing what is going on, what is the prudent thing to do? Stop the program. Stop the program. But no, now we're rolling out. They're injecting newborns. And there's another thing they're doing. They are saying to people, you know the shot is working 
when you have these symptoms. It shows you your, anti your, your immune system is working. That's insanity. It's just insanity. It doesn't mean your immune system is working at all. It means that your body is reacting to the toxins in the shot. So until we know more, we must focus on being prudent. Well, that doesn't sound like too much to ask for, does it? Yet our fascist governments seem consciously unconscious of the glaring evidence piling up on their front doorsteps and have now actually crossed the inviolable threshold of consent by allowing people under the age of 18 to consent to these jabs without parental or guardian approval or knowledge. To say nothing of already having failed to provide informed consent among the adults taking the shots. You know, we're at the point where talking about lockdowns may prove to be little more than a distraction. Uh, you know, when it comes to the lockdowns, most of the mainstream conversation revolves around irrelevancies. When will they end? What about the case counts? Which stores can open? Which stores can't open? How many masks do we have to wear? How many feet apart do we have to stay? Which aisle in the store are we allowed to shop in? Who's essential? Who's not? How many people may we associate with, and at what time of day, and in what kind of setting? Can we sit in the park, or do we have to keep running? And how many more Christian churches can we possibly lock up? And then there are the usual stories of attempts to publicly shame those who won't or can't wear face masks, and of course, the accumulating video evidence of police violating the rights of citizens that they're supposed to protect. To the grown adults who accept and enjoy being regulated in this manner, all I can say is, shame on you. You are the problem. You are drowning in a sea of irrelevancies while you can't see the elephant in the room that's about to flatten you in a way that will make all of those considerations ear-elephant, if I may invent a new term. But there's an unusual twist to this story. The elephant in the room may soon be the very people who can't see the elephant in the room because the elephant is about to be them. And of course the primary reason that so many cannot see the elephant in the room is because of the censorship and misinformation in which they're drowning, or perhaps reveling, because they're drinking the proverbial Kool-Aid by the gallons, and we all know how the proverbial story of the Kool-Aid drinkers ended. And think about it. If only 1 to 10% of deaths and adverse reactions to the COVID gene therapies are being reported, then the totals must be in the 7 million adverse reactions in Britain alone, along with 10,000 deaths. But if the 1,000 deaths represent only 1% of the reported total, then you're looking at 100,000 deaths, and that's conservatively speaking. Is anybody beginning to wake up yet? Or are you all just standing around dying to learn how the story ends. So the cytokine storm is something I've heard something about and I've tried to explain it in my non-medical uh, degree format. Can you mm -hmm. explain mm -hmm. a cytokine storm and, storm and what we're looking at in that? Yeah, certainly that can. So here's what it is. The shot works by a uh, Trojan horse mechanism so that when you, when the body is exposed to a coronavirus or anything that's like a SARS-CoV-2 spike protein that you've now made antibodies to, the macrophages 
uh, type one macrophage will go in and create inflammation. It's supposed to, like you cut your finger, it gets hot and red, or you get a fever, you're supposed to get inflammation. Then what happens is type two macrophages will come in to clean up the mess. Well, guess what? Once you've had the shot, the type two macrophages are shut down. They have amnesia. They don't go in to clean it up. So the fire gets started and the fire engines and the fire trucks don't come. And that's what's called pathogenic priming or antibody induced enhancement. And that's what we expect to see this fall. They will call it the third wave of COVID. They will give people boosters so that it will get worse. And then they will not, they will not tell you what it really is, pathogenic priming. Oh, and then when they tell people get your flu shot, a flu shot increases your risk of getting COVID by a factor of five. So they'll tell everyone flu season is coming, need a booster for this. And so we're expecting thousands and thousands of people to die because the inflammation in the lungs, and that's what's happened to experimental animals. Now, what I'm hoping is that we're wrong. I'm hoping that we're wrong and we'll come up with some things that people can do. Right now, this very red hot minute, everyone, and you're in Canada, so we all need more vitamin D. And if you can't get it from the sun, get it from a pill. We need five to 10,000 international units per day to, to stay at an optimal level. We need a little vitamin K2 with that. We need zinc, we need vitamin C. If we had used high dose vitamin C and zinc and quercetin, no one would have needed to die. Uh, you know, Dr. Bartlett, um, in Texas found that budesimide worked beautifully. It's been used for years, even on premature babies. Budesimide is cheap. And he saved all kinds of people, despite the fact that they had chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, they had heart disease, they had diabetes. He said never lost a single patient. And he was vilified. The same with the frontline doctors and anyone with HCQ or ivermectin. We have cures for this thing, the first people to be shut down starting last March. I remember Zev Zelenko coming out with this protocol. Oh, yes. good. This is all we have to do. Oh, no. That was taken off immediately. I lost my Instagram um, account very recently. And they're, you know, watching every word. So the censorship, here's the thing. If we were, if we were not over the target, why would they care? I mean, you can put anything on, on um, the internet. Oh my God, I had sex with Bigfoot and here's my child. No problem with that. And then the other thing is this, and let's be clear on this. They have ginned up the figures. They changed the way COVID deaths were reported. Dr. Scott Jensen talks about this after 40 years as doctor of the year in Minnesota. He's told how to fill out a death certificate I think he knows how to do that. Oh, no. If you fell out of a plane the machine and the parachute didn't open, that's a COVID death. But if you died the day after you got the COVID shot, that's a coincidence. Right. That's what we're looking at. It is a, um, 
it's an incredible hypnosis. It's like an MK Ultra. I don't know what it is because you have family members. I have family members. You've been sending them stuff. You've been doing all of this. But the brainwashing of the school system for the last two generations without any ability to think critically. And if you have never educated your intuition, if you have no common sense, then the attack surface for propaganda is huge. And that's what we have. We have two generations of people who have no common sense, no ability to think critically, and who've been taught to believe the vaccine agenda. Yes. They've made it all up. And yes, is there a thing that they're putting out there? You bet there is. This is crimes against humanity. You know, Reiner Fulmick is bringing a, a Nuremberg trial 2.0. Read Operation Paperclip. They brought in all those Nazis from World War II, and they all started to run um, the scientific community and so on. It's the same doll, different dress. You know, the Jews had a vaccine passport, too. It's called a golden star. We need to stop this. We need to call it for what it is. Frustration, I feel, is that we simply can't get this information to very many people. And a very few of the people who will even hear this will do anything with it. That's why I'm literally at the end of my tether. I've tried and tried and tried, and I can see that the, the people running this have played an absolute blinder. They've, they must have thought about it for some time. And they basically, they've used a relatively small number of lies, which they've chosen to be quite close to something that's plausible. And then they've just you know, pounded this script of half a dozen points relentlessly. And the only other thing they've needed is to frighten people to death and then censor everybody else. That's all they've needed to do, really. Simple story, repeated, censorship and fear. Uh, and here we are. So it's just, remember, we're subject to censorship. So, of course, I'd been busy as hell. And, of course, you'd never have heard of me. This is the problem now. Almost no one has heard of me or anyone speaking similarly. Almost nobody. It's just amazing. In fact, one of the reasons I'm very disappointed is I've, I've had a sort of realisation over recent weeks that it really doesn't matter what we do. If we, if we do the things that those operating this global fraud expect, we will lose. They already know we'll do these things. They've, they've mapped it out and they've worked out what are the things that are most likely to happen. It'll be, well, there'll be some noisy individuals. Well, as long as we can control the amount of the share of voice they get, then we don't need to be worried about them. And I, I'm worried that I've done absolutely nothing that differs from what they have already modelled and wargamed, and that did not work, or they wouldn't have moved off with this plan. So, unfortunately, the conclusion I've got is, collectively, we need to do something unexpected. And if we do expected things, we will lose. That's a bit pessimistic, but forgive me, I've been a research scientist all my life, not a propagandist. It's only recently I've realised that I'm you know, in a trap, really, that I'm, doing, I'm playing my role as a, almost like an icon in their game. I'm a representative of a tiny number of people who will be noisy, and they're fine with that. The government knows who I am. I know people in the government, and I've been advised they knew who I am. Uh, but they won't do anything because I'm ineffective. They haven't left me alone because I've, I'm off target. They've left me alone because they know I can't reach anybody. 
and the only people who will see me are really people already looking for information. So I, I doubt I'll convert very many people because people who need to be converted are not looking. They're, they're looking at main media and that message is completely controlled and hermetically sealed. So if we carry on doing the same things, we're just playing out our expected role in a simulation that whoever's running this has, has already thought about. So I don't want to worry you, but it's probably true, isn't it? What we were being told about this virus and what we needed to do in order to stay safe was simply not true. For example, early on in the UK, there were enormous changes made in attribution of causes of death. So we'd never had anything as absurd as the rule that is now used. So if you should die within 28 days of having a positive result in a, you know, an inappropriate test using molecular biology, then you would be declared to have died of COVID-19. That's just wrong. It's, it's not just a matter of disagreeing professionally. It's just complete nonsense. And we can certainly talk about the unreliability, untrustworthy nature of PCR testing, but also things like lockdown. I mean, just the whole phrase of it, the fact that it was completely unprecedented and that we basically were to minimise contact one with another and that that was going to save us. I, I, I knew quite early on that that was rubbish and the reason is simple, that only people who are ill and have symptoms are really strong infectious risks to other people and those people are not people who are walking around in the community because if you're full of virus and symptomatic you are also ill and ill people tend to stay at home or in bed and or if they're very serious they end up in hospital or die and so the idea that if you cut normal contacts at work and you know, just civic society and your normal economy that that would slow epidemic spreading I, I was fairly sure fairly on that that was bunk um, and unfortunately it took several months before that was clear by which time the idea that lockdown uh, is what you need to do had been pretty much cemented in most of, most of the world. So basically everything your government has told you about this virus, everything you need to do to stay safe is a lie, every, every part of it, and I'll be challenged on that. And literally there are no, no, none of the key themes that you hear talked about from asymptomatic transmission to top-up vaccines. Not one of those things is supported by the science. Every piece is a cleverly chosen adjacency to something that probably is true but is itself a lie and has led people to where I believe we are right now. And um, I don't normally use phrases like this but I think we are standing at the very gates of hell. So would that be the Bill Gates of hell? <laughs> You are listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. And the voice we just heard was that of former Pfizer chief scientist Michael Eden, as heard in his own May 16th post, one of the many voices that Facebook and the World Health Organization thinks should not be heard. I am by no means qualified to pontificate on the science and medicine behind the nature of viruses or vaccines. Never claimed to be, which is why we've always relied on the voices of those we regard as true and qualified experts in their field on which to base our own observations and conclusions. And that's why for most of the balance of our show today, I actually don't have that much else to add to this conversation. So we'll be hearing more from Mr. Yeadon momentarily, then followed by Dr. Geert Vandenbosch, the fellow whose opinions Facebook would not even allow me to share. 
It would take me more time than we have left in the show to simply go over the credentials of each of these people. But what they both have in common is that they are scientists who work directly in the field of vaccine development and research. So they are by no means anything even coming close to being opposed to vaccines in principle. More importantly, each has worked for and with the main companies and drivers of the current COVID-19 shots, including Pfizer, Bill Gates, and many of the other interests behind vaccine development. So with that in mind, on this side of our upcoming bumper, more from Pfizer's former chief scientist Michael Eden, while on the return side of the bumper, we'll be hearing from world-renowned vaccine specialist Geert Vandenbosch, who recently posted an open letter to his LinkedIn profile warning of, quote, a global catastrophe without equal. End quote. His specialty is in the design of vaccines, and he argues that, quote, there is at present massive evidence that viral immune escape is now threatening humanity, end quote. What we'll be hearing was taken from a May 5th episode of The High Wire, hosted by Dell Bigtree, who in turn shared an interview conducted by Dr. Philip McMillan on March 6th with Dr. Vandenbosch. But first, here again is Michael Eden. I am a scientist. I'm not any good at what I'm doing right now. I have no training whatsoever about how to talk to people who are not scientists. No one is paying me to do this. I'm receiving absolutely nothing except criticism, you know, social isolation from my peers. Uh, I'm paying to do this, right? I have lost work. So I'm very sincere in what I'm doing. I'm warning you that governments around the world and certainly yours locally is lying to you in various ways that are easy for you to establish. If you choose not to do that, there's nothing someone like me can do about it, okay? You've been subject to propaganda and lies by people who are very well trained in how they do that, and I'm a complete amateur. And if, if I'm right, and I am, then I, I beg of you to no longer assume what you're being told is true. So one of the really seriously and upsettingly misleading kind of themes that you hear very often uh, is the, the implication, uh, perhaps even the statement, that what gives you immunity to something, some infectious disease, is whether you've got antibodies to that thing. And, and I think they, they have done that because most people think that antibodies are what confers immunity. And certainly antibodies are quite important uh, against certain infections, certainly bacterial infections. If you don't have antibodies, uh, it can be very difficult. Uh, but that's not the only part of your immunity, and importantly, immunity to viruses uh, doesn't really rely on antibodies at all. And I'll just explain why that is. Viruses are really tiny things, really tiny, and their business is to get as quickly as they can inside your cells. Antibodies are big molecules, and they're generally outside your cells. So if you just think about that for a moment, antibodies and viruses are in separate compartments. The virus is inside the cell, the antibodies are outside the cell. Uh, the emphasis on antibodies, I think, is, is, is really a psychological operation to convince you, a member of the public, uh, that you do know that it's antibodies that confer immunity, and so when they fall away, well, you must be losing immunity. I'm sorry, it's not true. Uh, there are multiple arms of your immune system, and what's almost never talked about is T-cell or cellular immunity. It's not a new thing either. We've known this for decades. We've known about T cells for decades. They were clearly in my undergraduate textbooks and we've known about their importance in 
defending you against respiratory viruses since probably the 1970s, certainly the 1980s. Your immune system has multiple components to it because you are susceptible to infectious threats of various kinds, parasites, fungi, bacteria, viruses. Those will be the main categories. Well, obviously, they invade and threaten you in completely different ways. It would not be surprising then to learn that you've got you know, four or five different arms of the immune system, innate immunity, mucosal, antibody, T cells, and, and complement. There are all of these different wonderful systems that are integrated one with another because you, you, it needs to defend you against all sorts of different threats in the environment. Given this virus represents, at worst, a slightly bigger risk to the old and ill than does influenza, and a less risk, a smaller risk, to almost everyone else who's younger and fit. Uh, it was never necessary for us to have done anything. We didn't need to do anything. Lockdowns, masks, mass testing, vaccines even. There are multiple uh, therapeutic drugs that are at least as effective as vaccines are. Uh, that are, They're already available and cheap. So you don't need vaccines and you don't need any of the measures that have been introduced at all. So it's not just a shade of opinion here. I would say objectively none of those things were ever required. And yet governments and their scientific advisors have lied to us for a year. And I think they've just produced you know, mayhem, potentially sort of fatal damage to our economies and civil societies. So of the things that your governments and advisors have misled you about, I think most severely and honestly frightens me and is, is the catalyst for me making these recordings is the issue of virus variants and the following issue, the related issue of uh, top-up vaccines or variant vaccines. So let me just quickly explain. This is really, really critical to your very survival. But it's really important that you know that if you, if you find the variant that's most different from the sequence identified in Wuhan, uh, that that variant, the most distance, is only 0.3% different from the original sequence. So I'll say it another way. If you find the most different variant, it's 99.7% identical to the original one. And I can assure you, and I'm going to explain why I'm sure, that that amount of difference is absolutely not, not possibly, able to represent itself to you as a different virus. That's what people are leading you to think, that maybe variants will escape your immunity, either caused by a vaccine or by natural infection, and it's an absolute lie. If they're lying, and they are, why is the pharmaceutical industry making top-up vaccines? They are making them. You should be terrified at this point, as I am, because there's absolutely no possible justification for their manufacture. I'm very frightened of that. There's no possible benign interpretation of this. Um, I believe that they're going to be used to damage your health and possibly kill you. Seriously, I, I can see no sensible interpretation other than a serious attempt at mass depopulation. When I was looking at some of the research around the challenges that they faced with the initial SARS, um, called the first epidemic, 
and they tried to develop the vaccines, one of the things they found, certainly when they tested it on the ferrets, was that when they exposed them to a coronavirus again, they got a very severe response to it. Is this what you're saying, that we are putting ourselves in a position where we can then have much more severe disease, even to viruses that should normally be quite benign? I, I know there is, there is reports on this and there is a lot of, uh, you know, uh, serious thoughts about this. But the problem I'm talking about is a global, a global problem. It's not an individual getting an adverse event. It's a global problem of, you know, making this virus increasingly infectious because we leave it all the time a chance, an opportunity to escape the immune system. and to drive this, uh, to, to wake this up, you know, up to a level where the virus is so infectious that we can even no longer control it. Because, I mean, these highly infectious strains, people, some people think, oh, the virus is going to calm down and it will insert a number of mutations, you know, just to be gentle and, and kind with us. That's not going to happen. So we're talking about a very, very, very serious problem here. This video in about 40 minutes manages to encapsulate what we have been shouting from the top of our lungs about on the high wire for over a year. He's covering so many of the issues we brought up. In this case, the interviewer asked him about what we've been talking about, antibody dependent enhancement, immune enhancement, or also called pathogenic priming, where the underperformance of the vaccine actually works as a catalyst to make the virus more deadly when it comes in contact with the person. But what geared this thing is I'm aware of that. And I recognize that there are a lot of scientists looking at that, which was news to me. Is that news to you? I mean, we are giving this vaccine. This has been the antibody dependent enhancement has probably been the number one thing that we've been worried about here at the Informed Consent Action Network and on the high wire. We've been trying to warn everybody. He says, sure, that's a problem. And I know there's lots of scientists looking at it, which is that's good to know. I don't know when they're going to do something about it. But he's saying I'm talking about a much bigger problem than that. Yeah, that might get someone killed. That might be an adverse event for somebody that their body ends up. The vaccine actually works against them. Their antibodies help the virus enter the cells and they die. But that would be one person. I'm not worried about that. He said, I am worried about a global event. What I'm talking about is a global issue. And the global issue is the fact that we are helping this virus gain function. We are turning it into a killer in every single body that is getting it because, you know, it is underperforming and it's not designed for the job. And this is how I now hear it. We all talked about, is this lack? created and these gain of function studies in laboratories where we take the virus and we put it in a pangolin and then we put it in a bat and then we put it in a snake and then we put it into some human cells to see if we can gain function meaning can we give it more deadly attributes well now what this vaccine is doing is it's turning hundreds of millions of people around the world into a gigantic gain of function laboratory and where I have told you before that in nature, viruses tend to mutate to become um, less deadly because if they kill their host, they don't move on. In the evolution, they want to move on, so they stop killing their host. What he's saying is this isn't a natural pandemic. We have inserted ourselves here. We are now inserting a mechanism that we're teaching it to actually go the opposite direction. It's getting more deadly, and the way we're doing it, the other one will not compete. It's not going to move in the direction 
infection that a natural virus does because we're not acting naturally. We are putting immense pressure on it with an underperforming vaccine that is going to turn it into a Hulk. And his concern is that it will become so virulent and so deadly, there is nothing we can do to stop it. You are at the same time losing the most precious part of your immune system that you could ever imagine of. And that is your innate immune system. Because the innate antibodies, the natural antibodies, the secretory IgMs will be outcompeted by these antigen-specific antibodies for binding to the virus. And that will be long-lived. That is a long-lived suppression. And you lose every protection against any viral variant or, or coronavirus variant, etc. So this means that you are left just with not, no single immune response. With your, your, you know, you, you, it's none. Your Im immunity has become nil. It's, it's all done. The antibodies don't work anymore and your, um, your innate immunity has been completely bypassed. And, and, this, and this while highly infectious strains are circulating. So, I mean, if that isn't clear enough, I really don't get it. We are going to pay a huge price for this. And I'm becoming emotional because I'm thinking of my children, of the younger generation, I mean, it's, it's just impossible what we are doing. We don't understand the pandemic. We have been, we have been turning it in an artificial pandemic. Who can explain? Who can explain where all of a sudden all these highly infectious strains come from? Nobody can explain this. I can explain it, but we, we have not been seeing this during previous pandemics. During natural pandemics, we have not been seeing it because at every single time, there was the immunity was low enough so that the virus didn't need to escape. At the end of the pandemic, when things calmed down and it was herd immunity, it was still the same virus circulating. What we are now doing is that we are really chasing this virus. I mean, it becomes all, you know, increasingly, increasingly infectious. And I mean, this is just a, a situation that is completely, completely, uh, completely out of control. I, I, don't, I really don't know what to say. As he said, I don't know what it's going to take to get people to listen. What he's telling us is he believes we are just moments away from reaching and creating a coronavirus that is just purely vaccine resistant. And that may be a problem for one person, but he's talking about the global problem. Because once this virus is vaccine resistant, that is the only thing that people have gotten the vaccine can protect themselves from and now it no longer works. And when a man who has made vaccines his whole life, that has run most of our vaccine programs around the world, or many of them, when he tells you this vaccine is doing the worst thing of all, it is destroying your innate immune system. It's destroying your natural immune system that would not have any problem fighting variants, would be very good at it, but in this case, it has turned it, he says, nil. It doesn't exist anymore. Your immune system is all gone. It's all gone. Meanwhile, it is fighting a war with a now deadly pathogen that the vaccine forced to be deadly. And by the way, have you noticed that nowhere in here as a scientist, think about who he is, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, all the people he's worked for, Gavi, 
you know, global outreach programs, vaccinations around the world. You have to know the moment he sits in this interview, the moment he posts that letter on LinkedIn, he recognizes, I am about to destroy my legacy in vaccinations. He's trying to tell you I still believe in vaccinations, but this is the wrong tool. You must listen to me now. He's not couching any of this. He's not saying, my theory is this, and if I'm right, so that he can back away someday and say, well, as it turned out, he doesn't tell you if the vaccine ends up stopping the infection and transmission, then some of the things that I'm worried about won't happen. He is telling you it has already happened. I am not hypothesizing in the future. I am telling you all of these variants that they are reporting on coming out of South Africa, coming out of Brazil, coming out of the UK, Guess why they're coming from there? Guess where our vaccine trials were from day one? We have been mutating this virus with this product. We have made a grave and dangerous error. And he's almost getting tears in his eyes when he talks about his children and the world in the future. The fragment of the presentation we just heard was from the video that Facebook would not even allow me to post explaining that, that it couldn't be shared because this link goes against our community standards. You know, the strangest part about that notice was that there was no attempt at all to refute the content of the link or to even provide any kind of fact check. Was it because they couldn't? Now, I'm not too sure what to say to those who have been fooled into taking their jabs voluntarily, nor to those who've been unwittingly coerced or persuaded into taking them under some utterly false expectation that doing so would somehow actually protect them from a virus or buy them back any degree of freedom. Those options were never on the table, and that should tell us something. It's getting hard to avoid the growing number of doctors and scientists who are arriving at the same conclusion that the so-called vaccines are either a bioweapon or a means of population control, which still makes them a weapon since that's not what they're being sold as. So, you know, I'm at a point now where I don't think I can any longer agree with those who say that taking the vaccine should be a matter of personal choice. And that's a principle I would strongly uphold if it came to real vaccines. But this does not apply to any concoction that can potentially destroy the health and lives of those who do not take the shot. None of us have a right to become a walking bioweapon in the name of some kind of freedom of choice. And I do ultimately fear that those who have opted to take the shots will prove to be that elephant in the room I talked about earlier. So if there's any message to be taken away from our subject matter today, it is twofold. One, do not take the vaccine. And two, all of the vaccine experiments must be halted immediately. At least until we can assure ourselves that everything we're learning about these perhaps not as experimental gene therapies as we thought does or does not prove to be the real COVID case. And as you might expect, sharing what we learn and what censors like Facebook don't want us to know is exactly what we will continue to do when you join us again next week as we continue our journey in the right direction. And until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be so the virus is here finally, uh, but the Indian government is highly underreporting the numbers, man. But guys, trust me, more than 120 million Indians have been affected. These people are also called TikTok users. <laughs> TikTok is like coronavirus.
virus only, man. Both don't have a cure. <laughs> but the hottest startup, the hottest startup right now is not into electric vehicles. The hottest startup is selling sanitizers and toilet paper. <laughs> See, I'm not shaking hands with people not because of coronavirus. It's because people don't have toilet paper. <laughs> toilet paper has now become like common sense. You can't find both. <laughs>